This is for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culture as PlayStation podcast. Over 40 years of playing PlayStation and five plus years. And that games mini combined. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this remote conversation. <laughs> this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services and 9 a.m. on the YouTubes. If you'd like to join in future PlayStation conversations, head on over to our Facebook, Discord, Twitter, Instagram. All the links are in the description below. If you want to join us as, uh, live as it happens and also hear our tech support, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopculturist where, as I said, you can watch us record this show live. Sometimes Dash calls us in and be like, hey, this is how you fix a thing. I'm like, can I fix it later? And he's like, it's going to take a second. I'm like, yeah, but can I do it now? That can I do it a little bit later? And it's all, it's all good from there. But as I said, you can watch us, watch us record this show live as well as our other show, the young and the wrestlers. Uh, we do that both now remotely because of current circumstances. And if Max gets a like $1,600 fine for coming to visit my house, I can't fucking pay for that. So we have to go remote. But anyways, uh, if you if you one thing we'd like you to do is to share the conversation, tell your friends, tell your family about this little PlayStation podcast, and maybe then they too will enjoy it. Go to your podcast services, give five star ratings, etc., etc. And I know it's rough right now, but if you want to support us financially, head over to Patreon.com/slash The Pop Culturist, as well as our merchandise store, PopCulturist.com/slash Shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. And Max, we actually had a merch sale this week. Well, they 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 come through ever ever so occasionally and i've yeah. frozen on the video which is awesome thanks video then we um because cam link never has a problem and then suddenly it decides to have a problem right when i'm recording thanks but yeah we, there's a shirt that we did when we we bullshitted once about um the great emu war um and there's a shirt that came with that and someone picked it up so oh nice emu world one of the greatest australian stories to to ever literally happen Sure. Have you, are you aware sure. of the emu war? I have no idea what you're talking okay. about. There is a time. Uh, I know it's not PlayStation related, but I'm so, I was going to say solid PlayStation content. Solid Let's PlayStation talk content. about the emu wars. The emu war was a war that Australia fought literally with emus, right? Happened twice. Okay, yeah. There was once prior to just like sort of early, before, couple, about a five or so plus years before World War Two, right? So the idea was uh, due to the recessions and depressions stuff like that, they just like, hey, uh, farmers in WA, can you just plant as much grain and as, as you possibly can? They're like, sure. So they did. And the emus were like, fuck yeah, and gulped that shit up. Then there was too many emus and all the emus are just destroying everything. They're like, uh, Australian army, can you please help us? Because uh, there's army, there's emus everywhere. They then so, proceeded. So it was just a big cull. It was they just no, had no. To call in the army. It should have been, but it wasn't because the amount of rounds per dead birds was ridiculous. Were they the like birds, flying down and bombing them or something? Or? The birds won. The <laughs> Of course they did. Yeah. And then once again, you know, around World War II, it happened again. So they had to grow all the grain and whatever, whatever. Emus came back. They're like, army, can you help us out? We're like, we're a bit fucking busy right now. All right. It's a second world war. Can you sort it out yourself? Birds overran it. Absolutely overran it. But I wonder if it'll happen again now. One can only hope. 
because it's a good story. Hopefully we hopefully we win this time. Oh, I doubt it. No, but it's like for birds that cannot fly, that to just run really fast, the the death toll of the birds was I, I mean, to be fair, they are minimal. terrifying. They are horrifying. Like I just imagine like gatling guns in the back of a jeep like and somehow still not dying. Like is this is this feather of theirs impenetrable? Completely side conversation about position, by the way. How are you? Solid, Max? solid start to the PlayStation. I know, position. I know. Um, yeah, no, I'm not too bad, man. That's good. Well, I said, so, si- I've been home for two days and I'm already sick of it. <laughs> well, as we said, as I said at the start of the show, we are now going remote. Uh, so Max is in in his little in his little home office space. I'm here in in the studio. Um, it does break my heart. Because you know Max is very clean, I'm very clean, but we need to follow the we need to follow those rules. And as we said, the fine is a whole quite expensive. So I have no desire to pay Max's fine. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't get away with just hiding like a, a bag of groceries in my car and be like, hey, look, I just went shopping, man. It's, it's all I was doing. Yeah, it's it's a tough call, but it's muckle because like I have shitty neighbors, and one of them probably dogged me in. They're like, who's the person? And the next thing you know. <laughs> But uh, so what else has been news, man? Anything exciting? Anything exciting? Yeah, not 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 really, to be honest. I mean, I'm enjoying my long weekend because I got obviously Friday and Monday off, mm-hmm. so that was a nice break. I really needed that. But other than that, still working every other day. We're getting there. Yeah, no. So I had uh, I had Monday off this week for WrestleMania, so I already had a, only had a three day week this week, which which is fantastic. Uh, oh, uh, Ryan, get less fat update. Uh, slight problem uh, with the less because I'm not going to work. There's less uh, exercising. Have gone back a little bit. Just 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 about just about under a kilo, um, but uh, it's 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 now going the other way, which is good. So it's going back down. So. I was, the, for those that I said, oh, by next week, I'll be fucking 10 kilos. Yeah, it didn't happen, mate. didn't happen. Yeah, it happened to me on Friday because obviously, because I, I do on average 10 to 15 Ks of walking while I'm at work because mm. I didn't work Friday. I'm like, I need to do something. I'm like, Ali, stand on my feet and I'll just do some crunches in the lounge room. <laughs> Look, I have been really good. I have trying to be tr- been trying to do walks during the day. So like I do like this. I found the perfect half an hour walk. Um, mm. the only downside is I couldn't do it today because today's weather is anus. So we got halfway through the walk and then it just started pelting rain. So we had yeah. to like <laughs> hike it back home, which is, you know, not so Got fun. your, got your running. It did. So I, I, I did get a little bit of a minor workout as I pretend to hike my son, you know, like a, just like under my arm, like a football and just banging it. But um, that's all good. Nice. Uh, no, I, I have a feeling I know the answer to this, Max, because I think it's the only thing that it's the same answer for me. What have you been playing this week? Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of Divinity 2. Oh, that's not what I expected. Uh, just got off Rocket League before coming to record. Mm. And then I think I spent about 45 hours with Final Fantasy 7. Jesus. Jesus. That's pretty good. But we're going to yeah. talk about Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy Seven a little bit later because that is the main topic of the show today. But similar to yourself, Max, my my week has been primarily Final Fantasy. Um, still, uh, Persona's still on there. It's still installed. Um, haven't touched it yet. Um, yeah, it's, I, yeah. Final yeah, Fantasy's pers- really taking my time. Persona Five is currently in my PlayStation, but I have not dived back into it yet or yeah. dove back into it yet 
Well, because I said, like, uh, we'll get Final Fantasy a little bit later. But um, anyway, that's not about what we've been up to, Max, what, or stories about emus or other weird shit. Let's get in the section we call Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Yeah, so this week, Sony decided to, on a random Tuesday evening, officially revealed the PlayStation 5 controller named the DualSense. Features a create button instead of a PlayStation 4's share functionality and has a built-in microphone which negates the need for a headset. So uh, that'll be interesting. Oh, that's going to be so gross. I can, I can picture it now. Just horrible, <laughs> well, apparently it's horrible got audio th- everywhere. It, well, apparently it's got three separate microphones in it and it, it has like a voice recognition so it'll drown out anything that's not your voice. That also sounds very creepy. Yeah. So Sony confirms that the DualSense will support adaptive triggers, while, quote, the sense of touch appears to play a key part in its design. Blending the colors of black and white together, the PS5 controller will sport a strong, rechargeable battery life, while the L2 and R2 triggers have been slightly smoothed. Mm. It is also said to be fairly light despite the addition of new features. The light bar actually does make its return, this time positioned on the sides of the touchpad instead of the top. Interestingly, the four face buttons no longer have colors associated with them. Okay, so like aesthetically, this is the big thing that everyone has an issue with. We're going to break it bit by bit because there's a lot, yeah. a big hunk of the news this week is pretty much this controller. So um, the adaptive triggers, this is not new news. We've known about this since that uh, Wired article way back when. Um, I still like it, but uh, in terms of the aesthetic design, it looks like a bit of an Xbox One controller spliced with a PlayStation controller. Not gonna lie, I actually like. I'm looking forward to it. I like the the, the new design. Yeah, so it's it's using this almost Detroit become human esque color scheme with the white and the black. It kind of likes look looks a little bit like what uh, 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 the character whose name I can't think of right now. The the main Robo uh, Evan Evan Ethan Ethan No Ethan's No. I don't think it's any of them. Connor is his name, by the <laughs> Connor way. Connor is his name. weren't even yes. close. Uh, Dash did correct me in the chat as well. And uh, Simon in the chat as well, because you too can join us in the chat if at twitch.tv slash thepopculturist. He goes, I love the DualSense design. Makes you want a PlayStation. I personally, uh, I look at it, I'm like, I wish it was black. That's kind of where I'm at. But that's just because I I like that design. Uh, I like the, the all black. Uh, however, it also makes me think about how the console itself will be designed aesthetically to match the controller. That is not what I'm uh, not what I'm cool on right now. Saying that though, a good friend Ethan at Tag Mods has been like, want me to paint it purple? So I'm like, yeah. So the day I get it, we're going to pull that shit apart and we're going to repaint it. Fair enough. I don't know. I, I kind of like the look of it. It's, I mean, the look of the box generally doesn't make a difference to me. It's, it's normally hidden away in a TV unit or... Mm. As it stands in my study at the moment, it's hidden behind all my monitors. You can't... It, so, having a... It doesn't really matter to me if the if the PlayStation console itself is black and white. Yeah, it's true. Like, it, it, like, it will look visually appealing. Like the old, <laughs> Unless it comes out... Sorry. Unless it comes out looking like a piece of top deck chocolate. Which in, in ain't case, a bad thing. Weird. Top... Ch- top- <laughs> Uh, top deck is delicious or maybe like the almost soon to be re-released marble bit of black and white mixed in you know oh, what I'm, I'm so keen for oh that. my wife is so excited for marble coming back next week let me tell you um uh, simon in the chat goes surely there'll be a all black option though i get it in time but at launch they normally stay to the same color for at least i don't know months 
it's not going to be around like a f- straight up thing which is at, at least if you want to repaint it having it a base of white will make it a lot easier very much so so i'll also I'll, I'll, I'll get two i'll keep one traditional traditional and then we'll crank open one and, and fuck with it um where Cass goes I like the traditional ps controller uh and but dash is pretty confident he's put his balls out there and saying i guarantee this will be there will be a black one at launch yeah most likely yeah i I tend to agree with dash here i think there'll be a a black at launch i think from going from the feedback alone of of the announcement here i think they would would likely make it happen yeah the internet got real mad yeah mad mad. is probably the, the wrong reaction to have to be honest yeah what what other things can this bad boy do so uh obviously immersion also plays a large part in the DualSense controller aided by the implementation of the haptic feedback this is a feature which can emulate the tension of a bow pull in horizon zero dawn or the grittiness of driving a car through mud this all adds up to quote offering game creators the ability to explore how they can heighten the feeling of immersion through our new controller even the grips have seen some love which we assume allows players to get a better feel for the DualSense during these tense moments of gameplay you know, that's once again, that's that's uh, uh, quotes we've heard before about the whole restring of a bow yeah. and a rumble, you know, how it feels <clears> in the hand. I, I'm excited because um, if anything, it's going to be similar to like the HD rumble and the switch, which I'm oddly not impressed by on a day to day gaming basis. Like it was cool in the likes of like one to switch, but in terms of an implementation across the board, it's just being used, treated as rumble. I mean, that's what that generally is what happens with controller features. They'll be used for a few key games and then it just becomes standard. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so, that, that, so that, that's my worry, at least initially. Um, I think obviously the first parties will, will get their, will get gritty in there. But um, I'd love some haptic feedback on like a, like a Bloodborne or something. So when I'm swinging my sword, I can feel it tense as it hits the, Hits the enemy. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah. Give me some. Give me some feeling. Or even as you go for the dive, it rumbles because when you hit the ground, like a little bit of a uh, just even oh, yeah. some r- r- minor feedback. That'd be pretty cool. And mm. like you're able to get those minor uh, minor feedback compared to the the physical motors that, that are in the um, in yeah. the current rumble of the Dual Shock. It's because it is literally a little weighted motor that spins. Hmm. So on the PlayStation blog, Jim Ryan states, "Quote." DualSense marks a radical departure from our previous controller offerings and capability and captures just how strongly we feel about making a generational leap with the PlayStation 5. The new controller, along with many innovative features in PS5, will be transformative for games, continuing our mission at PlayStation to push the boundaries of play now and in the future. To the PlayStation community, I truly want to thank you for sharing this exciting journey with us as we head toward PS5's launch in holiday 2020. They're still aiming for that holiday window. I think they have to. Like, they've really got to stay positive that they can pull this out because if Microsoft do have the jump on them and they release their console a few months before Sony, I think it will be... They'll have an issue. Mm. Yeah, and I, I as, as we... I, I discussed this with Dash on the Dash Gamer podcast, which you can go check out on your podcast services as well. He and I talked about the idea of the, the messaging on all these delays that are going to happen. Um, and like why some things aren't being delayed now and it's coming later because it's one of those decisions of once you make that call you're done like that has to be what happens so yeah. i think it'll be until the absolute last moment 
when not when someone will make that call. And here, it, I can they'll do their very best to ensure that like until maybe August or October, they're like, yeah, we're not going to, or until Xbox pull their pull the pin first. Like the only yeah. reason they would jump it, jump on and get in there. Hmm. So by including a microphone as part of the PlayStation 5's new DualSense controller, Sony is making voice chat easier than it's ever been before. Of course, with a low barrier for entry comes the potential for irritation, as gamers can be known to play loud, obnoxious music and have personal conversations in the lobbies of online titles. Yeah. Fortunately, though, the Japanese giant has a solution which will at least help to eliminate some background noise. As part of a patent filed in February and published this week, the manufacturer explained how its new pad's, quote, microphone array will operate. Quote, captured sound can be processed to exclude sounds which do not emanate from a certain region of the interactive environment, the document illustrates. Effectively, the three included microphones can detect the position of sounds, cancelling out any noises that aren't coming directly from the primary user. This also helps to eliminate crosstalk, which could occur when two players are using pads in a local environment. Quote, the captured audio data from the multiple controllers can do this. So it's like an adaptable so be, noise gate almost. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how how well it works. Mm. I'm personally I'm a little bit skeptical. And most people these days own headsets with microphones. I can't see anyone giving those up in favor of a uh, my controller has a microphone now so I don't need to buy a headset. Yeah, I I think I think that you you pretty much mentioned there the obnoxiousness of of many many players who would just have the most like worst SoundCloud rap in the background and they would, it would <laughs> that is the concern and that anytime you're in any lobby ever it's the first thing you do you mute everyone that isn't your friends because it's guaranteed to be horrible because we're gonna mm. hear like parents yelling at eleven year olds um you'd be like mom no it's a blank game that's what that's what you're gonna hear and. The problem is, yes, it might isolate the background noise, but you'll still hear that person yelling crystal clear. Mm. I like the idea. It's kind of to reduce the need to for those to feel they have to buy um, to buy all these probably additional bits of tech for a shared experience. So I think it's a positive that they are looking towards that multiplayer shared experience, but adapting it ever so slightly. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how well it works. Uh, one thing in the chat, uh, Simon adds, he goes, uh, ooh, SoundCloud rap, yeah. Uh, and uh, better to have the advanced immersion as an option for devs, even if it's not widely used. Yeah, it's, be- it's always better to have something there in case someone wants to use it than to not have it at all. Correct. So I think, I think, that, I think he mentioned that um, when we were talking about the haptic triggers uh yes pretty much yes sorry i just yeah. my phone just started yelling at me but yes no that's 100 true um but from from all accounts devs are pretty stoked on it right now yeah so sony's been shipping the final version of the DualSense controller to playstation 5 developers and now it's been announced some hands-on impressions are beginning to emerge online bethesda's pete hines is one such person to go on record stating he's been very impressed with the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers he continues quote i think games are going to do some really cool things with them Imagine lockpicking in a PS5 version of Fallout where the triggers tighten and the controller pulsates as you find the sweet spot. Or how about drawing an arrow in the Elder Scrolls 6 where the R2 button fights back as the string gets taut. Immersive stuff. Uh, That sounds awesome. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, it has potential. I think it just depends on how well it's implemented. Uh, implemented, sorry, by the developers. Mm. Like, not everything needs it. Don't don't throw it at everything and see what sticks. Well, what well, what would be your short list of things that would benefit from it, apart from the obvious bows and driving through mud that we keep seeing? Um, I I want I want it in Mortal Kombat. I want to be able to feel the as I'm hitting. I well any any combat based game where where I'm I'm hitting something would be good. I think yeah, the driving one's obviously a really good one. The the bowstrings. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's it's one of those things because like, there's the really because there's yeah sorry there's the really obvious stuff but then you know I I wouldn't have thought about the the lock picking in a game mm. having it so you know hopefully hopefully they do some really cool stuff with it or even just like the 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 subtle feedbacks a uh, feedback of firing a gun because right now mm. if you want to play the division every gun rumbles the same like a pistol will rumble the same as a rocket launcher or something where here you get yeah. like a you will be able to get a a drastic difference in in the weaponry which i think would be a cool little touch as well mm. uh to, to add to the aesthetic stuff simon adds also a console aesthetic based on the new controller will help separate it further from the new xbox design and that is very true because as we've seen with the series x it is a black refrigerator refrigerator which ain't a bad thing but <laughs> i personally like the design of it i like that simplicity to it now, i say that but i have a fucking obnoxiously purple ps4 Yes. So I can't be like, oh, I like a simple aesthetic, and mine has a fucking axe in it. <laughs> it's, it's a tough line. Mm. So I think that's it for the for the controller. But yeah, overall, what are your thoughts on the controller, Max? Look, I like the look of it. I, I actually really like the two-tone design of, of the white on the black. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks, it looks slightly larger, so I think it's going to fit in my hand a little bit better. I must admit, I do prefer the xbox controller over the playstation controller so i use a i use a scuff here at home so it's a it's slightly wider shift it to your 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 right a little bit there you go people can see it now uh, so it's slightly wider than the your standard dual shock and i find that just a little bit more comfortable to hold on to so I, I like the design changes that they've given us here. See, I would agree with that well, as well. Like, so when I've used the likes of the Thrustmaster, or the E-Swap controller, as well as the Razer Raju uh, Tournament Edition, both of those are more in line to the size of uh, uh, Xbox One controller. It's thicker, it's chunkier. Um, the one concern I have about the information they mentioned here, what that the, the, they've tried to make the controller lighter. I'm not super a big fan of a light controller. I think a bit of weight is necessary. And the, the bigger footprint will probably allow them to have a lot more gear in it. So if you if you were to pull apart a PS4 controller right now, it's really not much. It's a circuit it's a circuit board with a couple of mesh buttons and the the literal motors. So there is a lot of potential in there once you remove those motors and add that hapticky stuff in there. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm also interested to see how this controller works with VR. If VR will, you know, still use yeah, the they light did, sensor yeah because they did say the light the light bar returned but it's on the side of the the touchpad yeah so the, if you're holding top. it directly towards the vr it's not going to pick it up so i think it's more of an aesthetic choice now rather than mm. a functional choice so although the ps5 will presumably support a ps4 controller for backwards compatibility therefore you will need to use it in order to play those older um ps4 games because it does have the touchpad as well that's returned i've seen some, some people not be happy with the return of that 
not too phased. Touchpad's great. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bother me. Oh, At least it's not a screen. Yeah, that's certainly true. Because in terms of battery, if this if this does have a better battery, maybe the haptics allow for a better battery rather than the physical motors. So that I'm look, overall, I'm pretty stoked on it. Like even yeah. though the an all black aesthetic or a, a two tone black would be better, it's gonna be cool. Like uh, you know, my original thought was, "Oh, that white's gonna get messy," and then I'm like, "Wait, it's my child that's grubby. I'm not." I, I also, well, like a lot of people have said, we're we're now cleaner than ever in the current climate of the world. We shouldn't have that many issues. Indeed. And I mean, who doesn't clean their hands before they use stuff anyway? That's true. As uh, <laughs> as friends of the show, Jono said, he's like, "Yeah, I like to go dig holes in the in with my hands in the garden before I play PlayStation." I mean, I I know that. Gamers tend to be snacky, but like, come on, guys! How how much Dorito dust can you really get on a PlayStation controller? <laughs> oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> Moving on. All right, so let's talk some Cyberpunk. Ooh. We've known for a while that CD Projekt Red plans on supporting Cyberpunk 2077 post-release with downloadable content. Mm-hmm. The developer has previously said that the game will follow a similar path to The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which received two large expansions within the space of 13 months after its launch in 2015. We now have a little more information regarding the developer's roadmap. In a recent investor, uh, uh, in a recent investor call question and answer session, as translated by VGC, CD Projekt Red confirms that at least two expansions for Cyberpunk 2077 will be revealed before the game's release date on the 17th of September. Fantastic. And yes, the company remains confident that it will hit the promised date, at least at this point in time. Also, despite the current climate in the world, CD Projekt Red says that Cyberpunk 2077 is still on track for its September 2020 release date. Although employees are now working from home, the studio is confident that the project can go ahead, quote, without any major disruptions. That's according to a new post on the company's official website. Quote, there is no shortage of motivation and we also possess all the tools needed to facilitate remote work, states joint CEO Adam Kaczynski. Our plans haven't changed. We're steaming towards the September release of Cyberpunk. Making sure that... Making sure that that everything goes according to plan uh, must take some serious organization at this point, so it's impressive that the developer is still banking on Cyberpunk 2077's agreed launch later this year. Of course, the situation could change. We're living in uncertain times. Cool. So there's also been news of early copies of Cyberpunk. Double cool. Hmm. So day one patches have become an important element of video game releases throughout the PS4 generation, allowing developers to continue improving their titles for launch despite it have already gone gold. Some parts of the gaming community aren't a fan of them, but in the case of Cyberpunk 2077, it sounds like a day one patch is absolutely essential. Alongside the usual bug and glitch fixes with some of these updates, CD Projekt Red has said that some of the game's voice acting may have to be added via the day one patch. Not cool. Due to the, cu- <laughs> due to the current climate of the world. Uh, Michael Nowowski. Good yeah. ripper name. Senior Vice President of Business Development stated that there have been some difficulties with the localization process due to the closure of studios. Quote, by the moment the customers will actually buy the game in September, they would just download a file which would add the missing pieces of the recordings, but that process has been hampered a little bit. 
If Cyberpunk 2077 does go the way of Final Fantasy VII Remake, where physical copies were given the green light to be sold early, it's going to be very interesting to see how consumers react to the lack of voice acting for certain sections or characters. That is, if CD Projekt Red does indeed have to proceed with this content rollout, of course. It's also likely to affect review copies. Mm. With the Polish studio already claiming that outlets will receive their pre-release codes weeks in advance, the entirety of that time will be spent without the presence of the day one patch. This is so- this is only something CD Projekt Red is considering at the time of writing. So this was this article was written yesterday at the time of recording. However it may not be a problem as the year progresses. That's, I, I, I'm trying to like fathom the words because like one of the biggest problems that people talk about is the idea of day one patches and now they're like, oh, they're just fixing broken, you know, like a game that is incomplete. Well, this is a perfect example of that. Um, now, under, understandable, the current circumstances have, have, have caused the issue here. So this, this isn't something that they would probably do, have done intentionally, but it it's not really helping that narrative of, you know we are reliant on day one patches yeah so obviously because it's a localization issue of translation it it does make sense that it it would be harder to do from a work from home situation express especially with some of the uh some of the studios being closed it's just it's a bizarre situation where they will release uh, especially for review copies where you'll just get parts of the game that will have no voice acting whatsoever yeah, I th- well, we will have to see probably some sort of review in progress set, set up, but also yeah. it comes down to how many, because I said, if it's, if it's weeks prior to release, like that's a lot of time to spend with the game. So, you know, I'm, I'm just debating like, because my concern is, yeah, that will af- that will affect the review of the game. However, as, re- you know, as re- reviewers ourselves, Max, uh, we review based on what, we were given at the time and that is what the game will be at the time yeah a lot of the times we do get our stuff without day one patches yeah like um yeah doom did we didn't have a day one patch uh there's been a couple of other more recent ones as well i think resi was fine final fantasy was fine ish ish but in terms oh, of like ish. of getting day one patches, I don't I don't think any of them had one, so we weren't too disadvantaged. Mm. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, like I said, it's very interesting. It'll be it, it would be a hard job to review a game when something so important as voice acting is missing. Yeah, because it would definitely take away from the 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 experience of the of the title well the, the now, overall thing with cyberpunk is that character driven story right and if these yeah. characters are unable to uh to speak or present themselves then like that would be a concern yeah but obviously with the with the current climate of the world it's understandable but that that's just the way it's going to have to be Yes, it's either that or delay it. So I guess they're going to make the call yeah. and, and push forward. And I mean, realistically, if if the game doesn't get released early, pushing a day one patch of adding voices in, no one would know the difference. Like, no no public would know the difference. Yeah. And the, the, the other issue here would be, because when it comes to uh, console versions of games, uh, there there is a cost to push 
patches. So it's not as if it's it's free like uh, with place. Sorry, if it's if it's a full release, then it costs money to every update that you make. So something yeah. like Fortnite, because it's still technically in beta, they're able to publish patches whenever they so choose, and it doesn't cost anything towards the, the the developers or the publisher, whichever. So yeah. I understand the hesitance to to do patches like more frequently so you'll find the pc versions of games will have a, bu- a string of patches and then a little bit later the consoles will get a bundle of all of them together so it's not as if they can like drop it in as they go like say it's two weeks out from launch like oh we've got okay this character's done bam this character's done bam it has to be done in a lump which is going to be a concern i think mm. Well, hopefully, hopefully everything calms down, and hopefully they can they can release the game that they want to release mm. when they want to release it. That's what we hope, anyway. Mm. So yeah. Silent Hill just can't stay silent, right? Oh, it, 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 how <laughs> how much can I be lo- be ha- happy and then hurt it's, it, and then it's be like happy ro- again? It's like riding a roller coaster, mate. There's it lots is. of ups and downs, but it's a roller coaster of my heart. So there's a lot of there's a lot going on with Silent Hill at the moment, and it's actually becoming quite difficult to unpack everything. Here's what we think we know. Not we. Japan's where did you pull ju- from. Uh, this is from Push Square. Uh, so this is what Push Square think may happen. Mm. So Japan Studio is working on a series reboot for Konami with Gravity Rush creator uh, Kichiro Toyama directing the project. He obviously started his career working on the original Silent Hill, so he's a superb fit. Artist. Masahiro Ito and composer Akira Yamaoka are also said to be involved. Alongside that, there is speculation that Silent Hills will be making a comeback, revived recently by Instagram images posted by manga artist uh, Suhiro Maru. These appear to be separate projects at the moment, and it's unclear how they're connected, if they even exist at all. It's the Sony reboot that currently appears to be further along. According to rumor monger Dust Golem, writing on Reset Era, the title has been in production for 18 months. The story goes that Konami was looking for a partner and Toyama wanted to return to horror. Sony is footing the project's bill, but it believes brand recognition gives this title a better shot at success. Konami will get a percentage of the profits. So licensing, cool. Yeah. So apparently the reboot will be announced this year, presumably alongside the PlayStation 5 slate of in-development software. There's too much smoke here for there not to be something afoot, so it's at this stage we actually believe the rumours are accurate and a new exclusive Silent Hill really is in development at Japan Studio. Of course, the proof will be in the blood-soaked pudding, so let's just wait before we get our before we get our hopes up too high. This is hurting me, Max. It's hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of, a lot of good names here in terms of of the Silent Hill history but it almost it's it's that weird line that it almost sounds too good like the idea of uh, a a reboot b uh, you know license license to Sony three you know orig- original people original directors and, and original people working on it and stuff like that mm. and I think that's where it crosses that line to unbelievability and and Konami haven't really shown a precedent to to license their their IP to playing well with others exactly because this is not their focus right now. Do you, what's what's your thoughts? Are you as hesitant <laughs> as I am? Even though I'm I'm op- willing to to be excited. No, I think 
with the ups and downs and the and Konami coming because we reported on something similar last week with Konami coming out and flat out stating we are not doing this. It's hard to get excited when more rumors are afoot. But then again, Edge was pretty pretty adamant that he wasn't returning until he returned to the 2020 Royal Rumble. So mm. he lied like two days before, be like, "It's not happening. I'm not cleared. I cannot be in there." There he was. Will, will I be happy if it comes out? Yes. Am I going to get hyped for it just in case it doesn't? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it cool. I'm gonna go media dark on it and just wait until it says hey i'm here it's probably a smart call really <laughs> but uh, i've been burnt i've been burnt too many times i can't do it again yeah there's been so many averagey silent hill games that i'm like even though i love silent hill there's a lot of average games in there and that kind of makes me hesitant but uh all right cool mm. one series we know that is doing well resident yeah so evil. we've got some resident evil 8 leaks so we touched upon resident Evil 8 a couple of weeks ago uh there was mm. some new there was some leak quote unquote leaks back then and we had to be able to chat about that it seems very exciting however appears to be some more max so i think some of these we reported on earlier so this is from rely on horror that's that was the source so, last time so. so that was the same source last time uh there is a Spoiler warning, because there are there is story related information included in some of the potential leaks. Potential spoilers, because potential spoilers, yet. yeah. So, Resident Evil Eight is working under the title Village Resident Evil, although some reports have that title reversed. Uh, the V I L L part in the title, of course, is R E Seven into the Roman numeral Eight. So V I I I for the Village part. I, yeah, seems, I appreciate it, unlike seems. the Call of Duty 4 using Roman numerals that don't exist. So, um, <laughs> that's, it's a good touch. Mm. The opening of the game will be shocking for longtime fans and involves Chris Redfield. Different demos appear to have different Chris models. Some saying he simply looked like an older version of the RE7 Chris. Others saying oh, he was completely overhauled. Mm. <laughs> Some tests involved Mia Winters... The female lead in seven. Yeah, so some some uh, models had her being pregnant. Others with a child already having been born. Okay, but scary mm. babies. That's, that's mm. horrifying. Yeah. Uh, Ethan is once again the lead protag. So same guy from seven. Cool. Same guy from seven, but he has been hardened to a degree. Some testers have described him as being quick-witted and short-tempered. A kind of Ash Williams type, which fits in with RE7's multiple homages to the Evil Dead series. Ethan, as well as the rest of the cast, also seems to have been reprised by their Resident Evil 7 voice performers. I like that, because, you know, in order to try to explain, like, why Ethan would get involved in this again, he obviously going to have to be more hard, a bit more seasoned. Uh, spoilers mm. to uh, Resident Evil 7. It does end with uh, the, umbre- I think it's the Umbrella Corps getting involved at the back end of it. Or or at least by the, the introduction of Chris Redfield, it does fit the overall uh, narrative of uh, of Resident Evil, so maybe he's involved in that, or Stars, or one of those you know organizations within Resident Evil. Um, maybe that's how he's become more seasoned. 
Mm. So multiple versions of the in-game inventory have been tested, ranging from something very close to Resident Evil 7's more traditional inventory to something along the lines of Resident Evil 4's um, attachment case Tetris design. The game is also following suit with Resident Evil 7's first-person design. So hopefully that means we could get a VR mode again. I really enjoyed the... Because, uh, like, I bought Resident Evil 4 after I played Resident Evil 2 to, to replay it again. And I I'm, I have brought it back into the studio where the PlayStation lives. So I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> and I do love that Tetrisy design of the inventory because it allows for a lot of... You can carry more if you play it smart. Yeah, it's correct. Uh, the demo was indeed set in a snowy village area sometime after the opening. Playing as Ethan, we explore some of the houses on the outskirts attempting to make contact. NPCs occupy the houses, however, they are reluctant to talk to an outsider. Note, they do speak English when they talk. So this is following on from the rumors previously was about this idea of a, a European sort of uh, feel, very similar to 4, and the idea of like a, uh, I want to say Scandinavian, but it's probably not the correct example. It's like mm. so medieval-esque setup. So that's cool. Uh, the quote wolf-like creatures reported in earlier leaks have been described as something akin to beast men. They attack with massive claws. There is an escape sequence where some versions of the demo you don't have you don't have access to a weapon and are forced to either just book it for safety or try to sneak your way around them, similar to Revelations 2. Um, in other demos you have had a pistol, but it's completely ineffective against these creatures. So you're similarly forced to run and hide. Okay. Okay. Uh, you eventually stumble upon a shotgun and are able to barricade doors to slow down your attackers. Uh, the shotgun is more effective than the handgun, however. The beastmen were very bullet spongy. In some versions of the demo, a bell rings and the beastmen will disappear. In others, they are called off by something or someone unseen. <sighs> Sweet. <laughs> I, got, mm. I get. I love. I love. I like the idea of these because uh, this is another thing that was hinted on the idea of more supernatural feels, whether that be in the likes of um, werewolves or like I guess it's adding to that uh, Van Helsing esque feel. I guess. Yeah. It's cool. Also, uh, hey Sarah, happy birthday. <laughs> uh, the game is massively inspired by a combination of Resident Evil Four and the much beloved Resident Evil Three Point Five a series of demos and trailers from various scrapped versions of RE4. The previously reported serious departure relates to this, as the game has an obvious focus on the something more supernatural. That said, odds are against things being literally supernatural and that they only appear that way due to viral-induced hallucinations, oh. which is how it worked in Resident Evil 3.5. The hallucinations make it difficult to, to trust, and can trigger flashbacks with some versions of the demo having that shocking opening appear as a flashback hallucination. Sick. Sick. Mm. I am so... I Just the whole idea of the supernatural feel makes me really kind of, like, excited. Mm. So the leaders of these beast men appear to be stalker-type women that resemble a witch who haunts Ethan during the demo and a massive gorilla-like monster man with chains and a staff... The witch cannot be killed and melts down into bugs when shot. She apparently has a distinctive laugh that lets you know when she's near. Horrifying. Horrifying. 
Some versions of the demo appear to have you escape to a castle, while others have you meet up with a group of normal human villagers and talk your way into their refuge to hide out from the monsters. One of the villagers inside begins to hallucinate and eventually lashes out and becomes, uh, begins to butcher the other villagers. Brutal. So yeah, it's going to be... And that's, Very, that's all the dot points that rely on horror, horror have provided for Resident Evil 8. Yes. Now, I've added my thoughts as we went, Max. What are you thinking here? Is this getting you all uh, in the loins? Um, look, I would like... I think I would like to for Capcom to move to another new... Uh, a new um, numbered title of Resident mm-hmm. Evil. Uh, don't get me wrong. The Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remakes were fantastic. But I would like to see something new, as um, after after having two remakes. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think the 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 next step would be the the next numbered variant, and I think that only comes from a. There's only so many more remakes they can do unless they start doing the side spin-offy ones as you mentioned, like Code Veronica and all stuff like that, which is very yeah. unlikely. If anything, they might do four, but even then, four is still playable on your PS4 right now. Um, aside from the tank controls, it's pretty on point so there is nothing preventing people from playing that now so as someone that believes four is fantastic taking these the same approach as four i'm really liking how do you think about the aesthetic aesthetically it sounds rad i i just having it in such an isolated area it sounds like they're bringing back uh uh similar to um a nemesis and um Resident Evil 2's tyrant. We're going to have that that stalker-like uh, enemy that that pushes us through. Yeah, and that was that tough to find in the old rumors too. Yeah. So uh, having having something like that to to up the tension is always good. Uh, the introduction of these new possible beastmen enemies sounds rad. Uh, just moving away, and and then and then having them explain it by these these could just be uh, uh, hallucinations induced by the virus. I think it's going to be sweet if, so if that- it's something similar to what they're what the, the what the rumors are and what the leaks are. This could be fantastic. So I think it's a smart call because with the the difficulty around the T virus. Uh, or the G virus, whatever the effing virus they want to have, is that it does you know create zombie like creatures and that has almost been played to death at this point so i think yeah. by having it evoke a different response but by that mean providing a more supernatural feel even though it's maybe a slight variant of the same virus is actually a really smart way to go about it it'll allow it to stay within law as well as seem very fresh and new yeah i agree it's a smart call it's a smart call but uh there's also mention here that it's very possible that it will come out that it'll be revealed later in the year, uh, possibly around the PlayStation State of Play ahead of the PS5. Um, so there's two bits of good news out of that, really. Um, mm. So I think we'll hear a lot more about this towards the end of the year, I think, with a expected release date in uh, 2021. Yes. I imagine it'll be earlier in the year, kind of like two and three have, because uh, I think they've really uh, captured a good time because it's where nothing else is really going on. So it allows for it to really hold the conversation for the start of the year. And if if these new consoles do release uh, holiday 2020, early 2021 is probably a really good time for them to release as well. Mm. Being one of the first uh, t- playable titles on a new console will be super helpful for them. I agree. Mm. So some quick bits. 
Uh, no Man's Sky gets mech suits in its latest free update, which is available now. For those that are still playing it. For those who are still playing No Man's Sky. Uh, Fallout 76 Wastelanders update launches next week <laughs> on the 15th of April for those still playing it. And for everyone who's playing Final Fantasy VII, there are two Final Fantasy VII remake dynamic themes available currently if you played the demo and or a PS Plus member. Now, I'm going to download them just because I like free themes. Uh, have you yeah, so I think, I think one theme is if you played the demo and the other theme is if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Oh, cool. I can tick both of these. Yep. So, Max, are you going to check out Fallout 76? Did you ever buy Fallout 76? I played it for three days and then went, no, this is no good. Because I'm debating, right? I'm de- With it coming out next week, uh, games are pretty quiet-ish right now. I think I may pick it up. I already have Fallout 76, but I think I may download it again. Give this Wasteland as a burl. Because one of the biggest complaints that they, they had, the whole game had, was that the lack of NPCs. And this is the NPC update. So I'm curious to give it a go to see what any changes may. I'm sure the game still is fucked. But I'm also contemplating right now giving Elder Scrolls uh, Online a go. Because it's super cheap. How about you, how about you play Persona 5 Royal? You should probably say, I should probably play Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> Just... Yeah. But yeah. So I'm saying, Max, if you're interested, we could totally check it out. We could talk about it next week. We could. I'll, I'll see if I can find my copy. Because we are we are going to be in a state of uh, uh, no March games. It's not a sentence. Not many games because I- We're also in April, not March. What? You said no March games. We're in April now. Oh, okay, cool. We are in a state of not many <laughs> games uh, and as most of them will be delayed moving forward yeah. very likely so it's it's probably one of the situations where we may have to go back to move forward in terms of content so i think we'll um well I, i'm gonna dive in on it, even just to make a episode <laughs> yep it's all content max it's all content anyway that's enough of uh what's been happening this week in news max this is where you get to you get to shine you get to unleash this is our sec- section we call chat to the players we t- where we chat to you specifically and this week, we are chatting, Max, about Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, full disclosure, Max did pick up his copy uh, no, uh, once it released to the public. Uh, a code had been provided to us via, uh, via Square Enix. So, that's how I've been playing it. Um, but uh, let's, let's get talking. Max, it's all on you. Okay, so uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, where to begin? Well, begin with what it is, why it's been remade, all this sort of stuff, and then we'll get Okay, so, so Final Fantasy VII originally came out on PlayStation 1 in 1997. So this is, what, 23 years coming? Uh, they've remade... Well, remade is, a, is a, an, an interesting term. So it's not a, an exact replica of the original Final Fantasy VII, just with prettier graphics and uh, uh, updated gameplay. They have changed quite a significant portion of what I remember, and I only played Final Fantasy VII a few years ago because it's one of those games that I constantly go back to. What's on your arm? Yeah, it's on, it's on my arm. The, the changes that they've made are absolutely fantastic, and I feel that this game does justice to its original. Okay. 
I, I, I like the changes that they've made in the story progression and how they tell the story. I thoroughly enjoyed that because they've broken it up into a part series, they've got to spend extra time with some of the side characters that kind of get glossed over in the original version of the game, being uh, Jesse, Biggs, Wedge, the members of Avalanche. They dive a lot deeper into their stories. We get to know more about them and it's absolutely fantastic. Those characters are incredible. So before we get into this, so uh, I myself, I've spent just over 12 hours in the game at this point. Um, so I'm not, I'm about, in terms of the chapter numbering, I'm on chapter seven, I yep. think. So, and there's uh, 18, that's not spoilers, you look at the trophies, there it is. So I am yep. about a third of the way through the game at this point. Max, you finished it. How long did it so, take you to finish? Uh, it took me 37 and a half hours to finish. Yeah. Um, playing all on normal mode. I didn't drop the difficulty at all. Um, there were a few boss fights that kicked my ass for quite some time until I worked out that I was just being silly and not doing what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> Um, so the, the combat system was reworked into a more action-based combat system, uh, akin to the likes of Final Fantasy 15 or Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you still have your, your ATB gauge that allows you to use your items, your, your magic abilities, your command and materia, and they can only be used once you've, once you've filled portions of the bar by either, uh, taking damage, dealing damage or blocking damage. They did add a quote-unquote classic mode, which uh, has their has the players auto-attack for you and auto-position and auto-block, and all you do is enter commands to use their abilities and magic. So this is because uh, with, also, the, with the original being a turn-based turn RPG, game. this is them trying to combine the two. Yes. Uh, I feel that it falls short. Because it also automatically defaults you to easy mode when you playing classic. Uh, so it's basically turns it into a visual novel. Is it, which isn't a, a you, super bad thing. It's not a super bad thing, but it does take away a lot of the gameplay, which is combat focused. If you wanted to just enjoy the story and you were having trouble with the combat, I mean, classic mode will get you through it. Um, it's it's definitely not challenging whatsoever. Uh, if you wanted, I, I would say that this is one of those times where playing it on normal mode is the intended way, as pretentious as that sounds. Um, you do get a better, or I feel you would get a better uh, gameplay experience by playing it on normal over classic mode. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe I said the same thing after I played the demo, because uh, I played the demo on all three, on easy, on normal, and on classic. And classic was very much just a, you can put your controller down and watch it do everything. Mm. So if, if you were just wanting the story, obviously, you know, that is a perfect, perfectly fine way to play if all you're after is the story. Um, yeah. uh, so uh, the materia system has also been changed slightly. 
so I mean, it works exactly the same as it did in in the original game, uh, where your weapons had materia slots. You slot the materia. Uh, if the if the material slots were connected, you could boost certain things by by uh, joining them together. Uh, some of the material was renamed for this uh, for this remake, um, but works exactly the same way. Uh, other material are completely new, and some of them were fantastic. The likes of the auto cure, um, so you can have one of your NPC allies automatically heal you when you take. Uh, take damage um so that's you know really helpful summons have been reworked they're no longer usable at all times they're they're triggered by uh specific scenario points so they can't be used in all battles which is fine um they're really cool to use uh visually they're fantastic um yeah, they've done they've done a, a fantastic job. I don't want to get too spoilery, but the 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 places that the story goes um is very interesting and I'm very much looking forward to seeing part 2. I'm hoping it doesn't take too long cuz I, I I'm very intrigued to see where they're taking this and how they're going to to, to retell the rest of the story. Hmm. All right. Uh so I have had some issues now obviously i did get my copy nine days early living in australia i went i went to my local game store and i purchased it and started playing it so i i played without the day one patch uh so i've had uh, a few technical hiccups most of them were just texture popping issues nothing too serious nothing too game breaking um they didn't happen uh as often as what i've seen other people complain about on the internet mine happened very late in the game but they were very jarring uh they mainly happened when i was looking over uh the cityscape from uh from high points there would be this awkward bland texture and then all of a sudden everything would just pop in um but other than that i had no real uh game breaking glitches or bugs mm-hmm. what about yourself how how did you find it as someone new to the series okay so for context i've never played uh, final fantasy 7 in my life ever um i have gone on the record uh many times explaining my uh disinterest and my uh disdain is probably a strong word but like i i don't have a lot of love for final fantasy period so in terms of reviewing this it was because i knew you love it max and it's a big game and it's a playstation exclusive so they're the reasons that it caught my eye specifically uh overall like in terms of the the 12 hours or the seven chapters that i've seen with it i'm really like i'm honestly enjoying it like i the story i'm finding fascinating in terms of pulling it through because i'm interested to see where these characters go because i'm finding this to be a very character driven piece rather than uh, event focused even though there are particular events it is all about focusing on these very specific characters and their story now as you mentioned with there has been uh, changes to the likes of uh, biggs and wedge and jesse in terms of their involvement in the overall story i think their involvement has been absolutely fantastic like it really fleshes out the team so when you do go into these encounters or you got you starting to looking at doing these specific uh, specific events their motivations seem 
real. They seem important because these characters seem fleshed out and complete. And one of them is voiced by the guy that plays Badger in Breaking Bad. So I actually love hearing Wedge talk for that exact reason. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was really, really excited when I, I found out that, that they play a much bigger role in this game and you get to learn a lot more about them. Because uh, they, they are very glossed over in the original. Oh, really? Well, that, like, that, that, yeah. does, that does truly suck, because I think they are the fantastic characters. Like, even Barrett, uh, even though he is... Um, oh, he's, 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 he's a walking cliche uh, in terms of how he talks and how he delivers, and, and, mm. he's, and he speaks very on the nose in regards to the effect of, uh, of Shinra and uh, their, their plight towards the to nature to the environment so the big narrative here yeah. a lot of it is about the idea of of industry on on the planet it's kind of the big stirring point but this is pretty common knowledge right because that's what the the topic was in the previous yep cool yep um so it's not a major spoiler so there are some issues that i have with these characters however but i have a feeling that these issues are probably not entirely valid only because i know that they are a bias that i have towards this style of game or style of content so I am not a big fan of anime or how characters, specifically females, are represented within anime. And I also feel that that has come across here as well. With many of the female characters having that very uh, overly bubbly, flirtatious, um, submissive-esque characters, I really feel that it's kind of at a disadvantage to some of them. Yes, they have moments where they get to be really strong kick-ass characters, but overall, I who, feel- Who are you referencing uh, in general for that? Like, what? who do you the, think the, the is characters the most that, egregious that stand out of that? To the most to me, like Tifa has a lot of that, especially early on. Uh, Aerith mm. is pretty much entirely that, just this whole idea of this big, high, bubbly character. And it's just kind of like, you know- it's the one of the one of the big issues that I have around around anime is it is this idealistic version of women, quote unquote. So thankfully mm -hmm. in Final Fantasy, it's not they're not no one's overly sexualized or anything, but it is one of those things that everyone just wants a bang cloud apparently. Like as the hero, everyone just wants to get in his little little parachute pants, um, <laughs> and that's probably the issue that that I have with this as most because everyone is just straight up wanting to, wanting to go to town on him. And in terms of a when you are trying to connect to a main character, even though at this moment in time Cloud is incredibly boring and bland, with minor nuances that kind of make him intriguing, but it's this weird line of like, oh, okay, he's the hero, therefore everyone wants to bang him. Yeah. And that That's I, fair enough. And I that mean, I have an issue with in terms of a storytelling perspective as a as a story storytelling story trope in general, right? Mm. So that's what I have a problem with. Well, they they address they uh, they address uh, uh, Jesse's uh, reasoning. I don't know if you're there yet. Yeah, they, they mentioned early on because as she sees everything as a play and it's all it's it's all a game. Yeah, um, which they yeah. they address that like recently early on um yeah however so additionally to that so the, the gameplay i find the gameplay tired as hell um i really enjoyed this the more action-based combat uh i find it it's the, the the amount the it's a good balance right so with the addition of the rolling and the dodging i'm actually more considerate about how i'm attacking so you know a couple of stabs in dodge out of the way it's all about building up that atb bar for me so do you primarily play uh, when you've got a party of characters, are you primarily 
playing and controlling Cloud? No, I, I, I mean, impressively changing characters. I thought I would be, as you mentioned, I thought I would really focus on Cloud and let the rest do whatever. But there are times where I will be getting the, you know, getting the ATB up, ready to go for Cloud, jump over to Barrett or whoever, you know, did it yeah. and build them up and then go over to Tifa as an example and get her built up so that way I can deliver a consecutive three ATB abilities. So yeah, for me, so- it's balancing the, the, the ATB meter as well as, ensuring that everyone's or you know or keeping someone always at at least one bar so if i get jacked up someone's able to pop health and and i'm having Mm. a lot of fun switching between the two and they all play differently because like any sort of uh aerial um aerial enemies it's safer to play as barrett because he can shoot them without having to get airborne himself where anything grounded you've got um you know cloud getting in there and uh with Aerith being a more a controlling character for her to keep her back and focus her on heals and and sort of area effects Hmm. well i noticed that uh the ai tended to attack the player controlled character more often than not yeah so i would find that when i was low on hp i'd duck out and dip to a different party member Mm. and that would allow uh that would kind of take the aggro off the off the player that had had the lower hp yeah i certainly found that too so like if there there, if you however not every circumstance was was that was the case where some of them would just fuck everyone up um but what I really enjoy, well, one thing I, I, I guess I wouldn't enjoy is probably the wrong word, but one thing I, I liked is because as the additional characters, they're not going to start using their abilities or start using items willy nilly, right? They will only use them if you initiate them or if you put on like a auto cure, as you said. Yes. So majority of the time you are required to do the abilities to do the spells. They won't do them themselves. So when they're, mm. when you aren't playing as Barrett, he's not going to use thunder spell or whatever comes standard with him. Right. Well, you I mean, I think switch. the reason, sorry, I think the reason for that is obviously the addition of the classic mode where they try and emulate that turn-based system. So they, it would be hard for them to, to put in uh, some AI for the, for the other players in your party to do their own thing because obviously it would be quite frustrating if you're like okay so my my spare characters have have a a a single use of atb but they've decided to use their special ability instead of heal and now that that was my point that's why i enjoy it like that's why i like it because it allows me to play more tactically now granted there are times where i'm getting my fucking ass handed to me and i would really benefit if them to pick up and and sort of take that initiative for me however uh i i enjoy that switching between the between the characters and and plan and planning how i attack something which i really like um visually the game is 80 percent of the time absolutely stunning if you are any of the main characters if you're in a cutscene, it is astounding Mm. however side characters commonly look like trash um you know their lip syncs out their face movements are off Uh, i had notorious texture pop in all the time uh, specifically, an example would be in the Sector Seven slums when you when you reach Seventh Heaven. There were times where the whole building didn't quite render. So I stood there oh, and really? waited. I'm like, and there it goes. Wow. Yeah. Sure see, I, I'm pretty sure I caught the yeah, video go. so I can find it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I never had any. Like I said, I never had any horrendous texture pop ins. They were mainly when I was overlooking uh, the the cityscape as a whole. Hmm. The whole city literally popped in at once. Oh, brutal. Um, I, I obviously, 
the 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 the, uh, the primary characters do look absolutely stunning compared to the secondary characters. Um, I did notice a few of the lip sync issues. I wonder if that has been fixed with the day one patch. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone back to it since I finished it. I finished it um, just after its essential midnight launch. Yeah. I think I finished it about 20 minutes after it uh, officially launched. Uh, one thing I want to mention as well with this game is the scope, right? So as you mentioned, because this is a small portion of the overall Final Fantasy VII experience when you take into account the original, they've re- the, the scope of this has been very locked down. And my understanding is that it is pretty much until until Midgar, right? Like once you leave Mid- uh, Midgar, that's at the end of the game. Like when, when the, yeah. In the original, it's when you go into the open world. So not really a spoiler. It's kind of a, a, a understandable end point, right? Um so that's not too bad. Uh, gaming with, and- with with Andrew in the chat says, hey. Also, the real beast here says, hey. Hey, man. How you doing? Um, yeah, so I found that this Midgar felt much more lived in than that of its original counterpart. Yeah, so that's in- what I mean, like, in terms of the scope, because it, it looks as if a yeah. big hunk of this has actually been... Uh, been rendered like in terms of it's not just being a, a standard cut and paste there are the attention to detail here is way higher than i originally anticipated um and with yeah. that scope it comes from looking across looking across the the oh, talking about final fantasy uh final fantasy 7 remake um they're asking in the chat what we're chatting about so an example is when you're in the plate the plate area and you're looking down at the slums and like almost it's not uh, one for one rendered like it is clearly it, it might be a plate but it might just be a standard texture but um looking down it, it looks very cool to see all the minor details of each individual uh area if that makes yeah. sense um but yeah one thing i that i find interesting as well in, in terms of design is uh a lot of the main characters like your, your clouds and your uh, and your tifa uh and Aerith, they look very anime in terms of their facial structure, like with their eye, you know, the way their eyes are shaped. Cause you know, as we know, the anime characters have bigger eyes and the rest of their head. It's this interesting design. Um, I found that side characters didn't side. They ca- looked much more human. So yeah. They looked more generic human. Right. So I, I, I think that was interesting. A, a decision. What about, what, what's your thoughts on that? See, because, what they look like now is how I pictured them when I played the game the first time. Uh, okay. So it, for me, that's that's how they're supposed to look. Okay. It would be odd for them to look any different. So it's yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's 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 hard to tell. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, but um. But yeah, look, overall, as I said, I'm really enjoying my time with it. It's it's not... Because it, is, it isn't my regular... Uh, uh, it's not my regular game of choice. So I'm, I'm, enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying spending time with it because it's something different for me personally, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, it's all right. Like, it, we, although we don't rate games here or anything like that, but I would rate it pretty high. From from what I'm experiencing it so far, yeah, I'm the same. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think at home about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Let us know in the, in the chat, uh, or not the chat, or the comments, or the the social medias, however you want to. Because this, I have a feeling this is a massive game, specifically within the PlayStation audience. I think it's a great thing for us to um, to you know chat about. It's good stuff. 
All right. Yeah. Max, moving on to the next section of the show. I'm going to I'm have to tend to chat for just a moment. You there, Max? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, keep chatting. Bring it. Let's bring in the next section. Ah, the drop. So this is uh, games coming out for the week of uh, April 14th. So again, this is the US PlayStation blog. So some dates will differ for us here in Australia. Some games may not come out at all. Uh, first off, we have, or kicking it off, we have AFL Evolution 2. Uh, PS4 Digital April 16th, but I believe that, that got brought forward and is already available. Uh, we have Blind Men PS4 PS Vita Digital Cross Buy. Uh, uh, Crash and the Boys Street Challenge PS4 Digital out April 16th. Double Dragon PS4 Digital out April 16th. Double Dragon 2 PS4 Digital out April 16th. Mm-hmm. Double Dragon 3 PS4 Digital out April 16th. You can see where this is going. Uh, Fishing Sim World Pro Tour Collector's Edition PS4 Digital and Retail out April 15th. Freakout Calamity TV Show PS4 Digital out April 17th. Renegade PS4 Digital out April 16th. Uh, River City Ransom PS4 Digital out April 16th. Spider Solitaire PS4 Digital out April 16th. And that's all there is this week. It's scary when the biggest game of the week is uh, AFL Revolution 2. Pretty much, eh? There's <laughs> not a whole lot going on. It, it is a pretty quiet no. window of time, so it makes sense. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty quiet for the next few. Yeah, pretty much. We've had, we've had have a bit of chaos in the chat, but uh, thankfully Dash has come in to, to sort it out. Just, uh, you know classic people being shit so that's exciting mm. but anyway that does bring us to the end of the show max let's wrap it up like we always always do this uh playstation conversation oh that's your part you do this first eh? mm. yeah so this <laughs> hey, playstation seven. conversation happens every monday morning at 8 a.m on podcast services and including spotify and 9 a.m on those youtubes if you'd like to join in future playstation conversations head on over to our facebook our discord twitter instagram all the links are in the description below if you want to join the conversation as it happens head over to twitch.tv slash the pop cultures where you can watch us record this show live as well as our other show the young and the wrestlers uh one thing we like to do if you enjoy your time watching this show or listening to this show be sure to tell your friends tell your family share the conversation go to your podcast service of choice star ratings etc etc uh what else is there nope that yet no share the conversation watch us live if you want to support i know it's a rough times right now but if you want to support us financially head over to patreon.com slash the pop culturist uh or our, our merchandise store popculturist.com slash shop we can buy shirts and other assorted shit without logos on it big thank you max uh for joining me remotely this time it's much appreciated yeah, it's definitely a uh, a different vibe. It's very much a different vibe. It's it's not quite the same of being in the room, but uh, it's what it's what what happens right now. It's 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 the world that we live in, eh? <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. But anyway, until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper, and that was for the players.
For the players, the Pop Culturist PlayStation Podcast is fan-supported at patreon.com slash thepopculturist. And we'd like to thank our Patreon producers and our Patreon founders for their kindness, their support, and their generosity. Our Patreon founders, Alpha Ferret, Craig O'Flaherty, David Chataway, Jesse Stevenson, and Jacob Garner. And our Patreon producers, AJ Abatomi, Damien Holdies, Carl Dunn, Lee Winterschoven, Nathan Massetti, Paul James, Pure Mongrel, and Sean Levitt.